With All Wisdom, where we are applying biblical truth to everyday life. My name is Derek Brown, and I am here today with Cliff McManus. We are both pastors and elders at Creekside Bible Church in Cupertino, California, and professors at the Cornerstone Bible College and Seminary. And today we want to continue our conversation from last time on masks, vaccines, and COVID-19. But before we get to that topic, I want to direct your attention to withallwisdom.org, where you will find a large and growing collection of audio and written resources, all aimed to encourage and strengthen your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. And now on to our topic. We want to continue our examination of Romans 14 in light of this uh, issue of COVID-19 and vaccine mandates and so on, because we think this text provides the believer the right approach and the biblical principles with which to navigate these issues and any disagreement they may have with fellow believers. Last week, we said that there are many things we encounter in our Christian life that are not directly addressed in Scripture, and Christians may disagree about these. We call these gray areas or non-essential areas. If you're a Christian, you will have agreement over uh, with other Christians on the issues of who God is, who Christ is, how you're saved, and so on. These are essential Christian doctrines that are directly addressed in the Bible. But there are plenty of issues that are not essential issues that Christians may disagree over. And Romans 14 gives us very rich detail, several principles on how to handle these non-essential or gray area issues in the body of Christ. So we want to get back to Romans 14, but we also want to address a recent article written by a popular author and pastor about this very issue of vaccines and Christian freedom. So I want to turn it over to you, Cliff, and see what you have to say to start us off. Yeah, thanks, Derek. Well, this is part two. So for our listeners who didn't hear part one of this, I would encourage you to listen to part two that Derek and I did just recently. That kind of laid the foundation and Mm -hmm. began the conversation, and uh, we are following up on that. That was about a week ago. And a couple things have transpired since our uh, first podcast on this topic. And one significant one was for me as a shepherd, I actually had some members come to me, and I know you have as well, Derek, is they come up and say, hey, Pastor Cliff, should I get vaccinated? Right. And to me, I find that a frightening question uh, <laughs> for a lot of reasons. Uh, I don't I'm not in a position, actually, to answer that for them. Right. That's actually dangerous for me to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't answer the question for them, uh, but I try to give them bib- biblical principles by which they can answer it themselves. Yeah. And that's yeah. and the reason I come to that conclusion is what we find in Romans 14 mm-hmm. that we're looking at today. Mm-hmm. Because, again, as you've said, the issue of whether you get vaccinated or not is not a biblical issue, uh, a right and wrong issue, a sin issue, or a moral issue. It's not explicitly stated in Scripture. Right. And therefore, it's a, a non-essential issue or even a preferential matter mm-hmm. or a disputable matter. And so that's what Paul's talking about in Romans 14. And uh, so you have to use biblical principles to think those difficult matters through. So right. I've had a few people come up and ask me, so Pastor Cliff, should I get vaccinated? And then I just try to give them principles by which they make that decision themselves. Yeah. I've also had, sadly, even recently, a couple of our members come to me and let me know that they've actually lost their job. Mm, yeah. Because they didn't get vaccinated. Yeah. And they even submitted uh, appeals based on uh, certain convictions and religious exemptions mm-hmm. and even medical exemptions. It doesn't matter. They still got laid off. And so we're, wow. we're hearing about that more and more across the country. Uh, this is happening. So this is affecting people's lives at the deepest level, the very yeah. livelihood yeah. over a non-essential, preferential, gray area matter. Right. And so more and more... Uh, we need to talk about this and what the Spirit of God has to say in Romans 14 about how to deal with these 
very complicated issues. So that was one issue that came up, these pastoral issues recently. And then the other one was how you mentioned a popular author. Since you and I did our podcast, uh, this uh, podcast that he did, it's actually Pastor John Piper, a man that both of you and I respect Mm -hmm. and um, been a faithful pastor for years. But he did do an 18-minute podcast on this issue of vaccinations. And you and I both listened to it and listened to it carefully, took notes, and then uh, had some concerns about his conclusions and even his theme. So we wanted to address that as well. We have the highest respect for Pastor John Piper, but on this issue, uh, I think he made some mistakes or missteps or uh, neglected some basic principles on that issue. Uh, so let's, I want to talk about that. So I just summarized it, three mistakes or oversights, I'll call them, that uh, John Piper made in his 18-minute podcast on vaccinations, mm-hmm. and just use that as a springboard to go back into Romans 14 Great. to help us think through these issues. Great. Because I did have a member just recently asked me what I thought of the John Piper podcast on this issue. So mm-hmm. I think that his three oversights that are glaring in his 18-minute podcast, number one, he never calls vaccinations, getting vaccinations, a preferential matter right. or a gray area. Right. But that's the theme of his podcast. It's his view on vaccinations. Mm-hmm. Should we get vaccinated or not? Right. And not one time does he call it a gray matter, a disputable matter, or he doesn't clearly say, okay, people, this is not a clear biblical issue. This is not a moral issue. This isn't a right or wrong issue. This is not a sin issue. That should have been clearly stated up front from the Mm get-go. And because he didn't do that, his second glaring oversight is that he doesn't discuss that issue based on Romans 14. Right. Because Romans 14 and Romans 15 actually is the context where we find the principles of dealing with and sorting out through uh, gray area matters. So um, he doesn't recognize it as a preferential matter. Therefore, he doesn't use Romans 14. And then his third oversight on that whole discussion, I think, is that he basically argues that getting a vaccination is actually the biblical, godly, and loving thing to do. Mm -hmm. And as a result... People listening, even though this is a disputable matter, could Christians who are sensitive to Scripture and actually have respect for his teaching could feel a sense of guilt illegitimately. Right. As though, oh, okay, God wants me to get a vaccination. Yet this is, they have freedom before Christ not to. Um, so I think we need to uh, provide a, a counter perspective yeah. I think is more rooted in a balanced view of Romans 14 and Scripture on this matter. Yeah, and it's important to do so because what he has done in this article, in this podcast from my perspective, has he has bound the Christian's conscience. You mentioned that someone might listen to this, they're sensitive to Scripture, they're sensitive to uh, John Piper's teaching because he's shown himself to be a faithful teacher, biblical teacher, and now they are starting to feel their conscience bound to get vaccinated. And that's just an important thing. I've read other articles of uh, from Christian ethicists who argue that loving your neighbor entails getting the vaccine. And they are right to, they they are um, they have the right to make their own argument. But what they I they don't think they're realizing is that they are binding people's consciences by making those kinds of arguments. And so in similar thing here in uh, Piper's podcast his article is that he is now binding the conscience, this is now the right thing to do. And unless you have clear uh, 
biblical warrant to bind the conscience, then you must not bind the conscience. And if you do, that's that's actually by definition a kind of legalism. In light of that, what is warrant to bind a conscience of a Christian? What is warrant? What, what are things that we can say that, in other words, oh. you know, we're giving them an imperative. You must right. obey. Yeah. What would that be? Clear biblical commands. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. And that's not the issue here with whether we should get a vaccination or right. not. Right, right. Um, so... Let me run through, Derek, last time we, we covered some of the main truths in verses 1 through 4. So let me just briefly read Romans 14 if our listeners, if they have their Bible or just want to listen along. Let's read the whole context. I'll, just, I'll go through rather quickly just reading verses 1 through up to about 11 or 12 because it does all go together. And then uh, we'll just camp out on maybe one or two of the verses. Um, and maybe the first one we camp out on in terms of practical application is verse 5 and Derek, I want to hear some more of your thoughts on that one. But look, we'll start at verse 1. Uh, now, starting at verse 1, Paul says, Now accept, or literally welcome, the one who is weak in faith, but not for the purpose of passing judgment on his opinions. One person has faith that he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats vegetables only. The one who eats is not to regard with contempt the one who does not eat, and the one who does not eat is not to judge the one who eats, for God has accepted him. Verse 4, who are you to judge the servant of one another? To his own master he stands or falls, and he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. So, in these four verses, just by way of review, Paul's talking about two camps in the church, those who are called strong Christians. Mm -hmm. uh, They understand their biblical freedoms to do things or abstain from doing things. And then he's also addressing the other camp, and that's the weak Christians on a particular issue where they don't understand their freedom of Christ yet, and so they have a legalistic approach to a very specific matter. And in our context, we were saying that the strong might be those who don't want to wear a mask, and the strong might be those who don't think they need to get a vaccination. Mm -hmm. The weak would be those who are basically demanding that everybody get vaccinated, even though that is not a command of Scripture. So those are the two camps. And then Paul, basically God is saying in verse 4, who are you to judge? Stop judging each other. Right. Because that's divisive. Uh, the only judge is Jesus. Uh, he's the one that makes the ultimate judgment on gray area matters. So picking up at verse 5, uh, we're all different, the strong and the weak. One person regards one day above another and another regards every day alike. Each person must be fully convinced in his own mind on these gray area issues. Mm-hmm. He who observes the day observes it for the Lord. And he who eats, he does so for the Lord, for he gives thanks to God. And he who eats not for the Lord, he does not eat, and he gives thanks to God. For not one of us lives for himself, and not one dies for himself. Verse 8, for if we live, we live for the Lord. Or if we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. The Lord there is referring to Jesus Christ. Uh, He is our Savior. He's our judge. He's the Lord of the church. He is in charge. He's the boss. He makes the judgments on gray area matters. We don't. Uh, Verse 9, for to this end, Christ died and lived again in order that he might be the Lord, both of the dead and of the living of all Christians. But you, why do you judge your brother? And that's an admonition to both camps. Mm -hmm. You strong Christians, stop judging the weak Christians. Mm -hmm. You weak Christians, stop judging Uh, the other believers, or you again, why do you regard your brother with contempt? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. God is the ultimate judge 
on these disputable matters. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall give praise to God. So then each of us Christians will give an account of himself to God who is the only judge on these matters. So that's the full context of what Paul has to say. So uh, Derek, can you share some thoughts on that? Yeah, so uh, a really important principle brought out here is found in verse 5. One person esteems one day is better than another, while another uh, esteems all days alike. And here's here's, uh, the driving principle here. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. So there are issues like the ones we're talking about that are gray area issues, not essential issues. And whatever your decision is in that gray area matter, because he then goes on to talk about whatever we do, we, we do it unto the Lord. All Christians are seeking to honor the Lord, the weak and the strong on a particular issue. But whatever decision you make, you must be convinced in your own mind and make that decision being convinced, not being under compulsion, not being fearful of what others might think or say, but as Paul will go on to say later in 1423, to do it in faith, to be convinced that what you're doing honors the Lord. And as we are engaging with one another, I trust that you are seeking to honor the Lord in your gray area decisions. You're fully convinced in your own mind. You have the same respect for me. You are trusting that I'm honoring the Lord in my gray area decisions, and I'm convinced in my own mind about whatever that is. But that's the call for the the Christian, each Christian, is to be fully convinced in their own mind in these particular areas. Yes, and that... um I think it's important to note, just to complement what you're saying there, I mean, this is amazing freedom that God has given yeah. every Christian, and um, not understanding this principle can literally just rip a church apart with yeah. division. Right. And so, this was one of the keys that we hammered home on as elders in our church early on when we had the mask debates, Yeah, and it was, um, you know, is it, should we wear masks or not? Is one sinful, is one not sinful? And we landed right here. Each believer had to be convinced in their That's own right. mind. And we, as the elders of the church, we accommodated <laughs> both right. of those views and those right. camps. Um, we literally welcomed them, and it says in verse 1. And so this is a, a gift from God. It's a beautiful freedom and liberty that he gives all parties that are involved mm-hmm. regarding their gray area issues, being convinced in your own mind. And it it's, gives them freedom of conscience. Yep. They're allowed to live in accordance with their conviction that they've mm-hmm. landed on. Yep. Uh, the weaker brother has the freedom to uh, live out his conviction regarding this issue of whether it's food or wearing his mask, Mm -hmm. being blessed by God, and those who have a different opinion are not allowed to judge or condemn, and it preserves harmony in the church. So, uh, again, like you said, it comes down to a very personal individual decision before the Lord, and that's as your, your conscience uh, before Christ and the Holy Spirit as you're led by that. Yeah. And, an important principle here is when Paul's talking about the weak in faith in verse one, mm-hmm. he's not talking about those who are being sinful. Right. So weakness is not the same as sinfulness or weakness is not the same as carnality right. or immor- immorality. So it's, it's literally uh, God is allowing stronger Christians to accommodate mm-hmm. uh, the weaker brother with his weak conviction right. and to keep practicing that in the church. Right. Very important. So, in other words, they're not inferior from a moral or spiritual point of view. Right. Uh, should the weaker brother on his particular conviction try to make progress in that area so he grows stronger? Absolutely. Right. Um, 
But the interesting thing is, is every single one of us are weak in some specific that's area. Right. For the guy that we look down our nose at that's weak with masks and he's driven by fear or whatever it is, uh, well, he might be strong in another area. Right. Maybe he's strong in his view of music. Mm-hmm. And I might be very legalistic in my job. I believe in hymns only. Right. And so we all have our specific areas. So we've got to be right. careful there. Uh, and that's why this principle is so liberating because it applies to every gray area we're going to face in the church. Yeah. And I think, if I might say this, I think we saw the fruit of maintaining a Romans 14 perspective in our own church. Absolutely. That uh, accommodating for different convictions, different consciences on these issues um, allowed for our people to remain together, to not judge one another, and uh, by God's grace, our churches remain unified through a uh, situation that has actually caused a lot of disunity in a lot of other churches. So yes. I'm grateful for that, but I just uh, attribute it to Romans 14, the Word of God, giving us everything that we need in order to think rightly about these topics. Yes. Well, the first phrase in Romans 14, verse 1 is, now accept one another. Or now accept each other, right. now, literally, and it's a compound word, so it's emphatic. Really welcome each other. Mm. Embrace one another yeah. as brothers and sisters in Christ over these disputable, divisive, gray area issues. Be yeah. welcoming and accommodating. We have, every single week, as you know, Derek, almost every single week, we have visitors uh, coming to check out our church. Yeah. New people. And in this day and age, a lot of them, one of the first questions they're asking is, what are your policies about masks and right. vaccinations and right. do I need to make a reservation and right. call ahead of time and wear a mask and get vaccinated and uh, my answer is well we're, we welcome anyone who knows Jesus Christ and loves the Lord mm-hmm. and wants to worship with the saints and mm-hmm. uh, we don't have any restrictions yeah. we, we want to welcome everybody that's a believer to our fellowship and get a lot of surprise they're like really? Mm-hmm. you're not requiring or demanding vaccination cards of proof that in order for me to even be on your campus? Uh, no not at all right um, so, and this is exactly what God wants: is welcoming environment for the body of Christ, so that we, won't, we don't undermine its unity. That's because right. In our in that first podcast, you one of your main principles that we need to keep circling back to is the condition by which we welcome those to be a part of our fellowship yeah. for worship. Yeah. And it was very simple, and it was a, a belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's right. Basically, that's right. And none of these extra biblical requirements of um, certain kinds of masking or vaccines or it could be, it could be other things down the road, which is precisely why we'll probably be coming back to Romans 14 on a regular basis Yep. because these other kinds of things will uh, come up. I've noticed too that this passage has really afforded me my own clarity of thought on this issue. And um, as I've been asked about it, you know, what about vaccinations? And I, I say to them, I say, you know what, you are free to get, um, a vaccination, you're free to not get a vaccination, be convinced in your own mind. And guess what? I'm going to welcome both people. If you believe yep. in the Lord Jesus, I welcome you. And unfortunately, you don't see that kind of um, welcoming or, or clarity when, when Romans 14 is left out of the, the conversation. You have the, I think, the wrong binding of consciences yep. and almost the kind of shunning of, of people who disagree rather than saying, okay, Romans 14 tells us we're, we're probably going to disagree on this issue. Each one is be convinced in our own, their own mind, and we don't judge one another, and we welcome uh, both sets of people. And I, 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 it's just given me great clarity and help uh, navigating this whole, this whole issue. Yeah, it's liberating. This principle is liberating for those who are weak because mm-hmm. they're welcome. 
It's liberating for those who are strong in their convictions because they're right. welcome. Right. But it's also liberating for me and you as pastors in the counsel we give. Right. <laughs> it's like, this is your decision. Yeah. You need to be convinced in your own mind right. in light of these biblical principles, and we are freed up. Yeah. Or we're not responsible. That's why uh, Pastor Piper's argument that basically when someone asks the question, so Pastor Piper, should I get vaccinated? It sounds like his answer is, yeah, absolutely. Right. And that's dangerous because yeah. I don't I don't think that's right, and I don't want to bear that responsibility because what if I say that to one of our members? I don't know their medical history. Right. I don't know what vaccination they're using. Right. I don't know all the variables involved. Right. And say, I say, yeah, absolutely, you should. That's the loving thing to do. Right. And then they get vaccinated and say they get paralyzed or they die. Some people have died from that. That is true. I don't want that on my head. Right. Um, so that's, that's unnecessary. Yeah. And I think what was surprising about this article is that he grounds it in Christian freedom. Yeah. And it seems that he's talking to the person who is fearing man, afraid of being made fun of or looked down upon uh, for getting the vaccination. And interestingly, I just, I'm not having those conversations. Maybe he is, I'm not. Um, what I'm seeing is is a, a lot of pressure to get vaccinated. Exactly. And so I'm not exactly sure who he's talking to, but I was just surprised at the turn he took. He's talking about Christian freedom. I'm like, that's right. Don't fear man. Don't fear man. But then the tilt is, it seems, towards getting vaccinated. And uh, I thought that was illegitimate given... The, uh, Romans 14. And like you said, uh, the failure to actually bring us to that text, which should have been the primary text in his article. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, when Paul's talking about strong Christians versus weak Christians, who are the ones that are typically driven by fear and emotion? Well, it's clearly the weak Christians. Mm -hmm. uh, but that wasn't what he was arguing. Right. So... Well, I think this has been an, another excellent discussion and, and one that will continue to come back to, I believe, Romans 14, because we will always be dealing with these nitty-gritty practical issues, and our call as pastors and as teachers and as shepherds is to help maintain that unity that the Spirit has already created, and we find great help in this passage. And so I know for myself, I've grown you know, a new... Uh, appreciation for this passage as we've walked through these issues. And I just commend uh, Christians and pastors who are listening to go back to this passage, mine its riches, because it is a, of great help to help you navigate a lot of issues in your congregation and in your life. Amen. Well, we thank you for listening in this time, and we look forward to getting back together with you as you uh, leave us. Go ahead and check out withallwisdom.org. We have a lot of resources there, even pertaining to this particular topic of Romans 14. You can go there, go on the search bar, type in Romans 14. You'll find other resources on this topic. And until next time, we'll see you later. <music>